Hello, I am Pastor Will, and we are on the third part of our series, When Life Gets Tough. This weekend, I wanted to talk to you about loneliness. We have all experienced loneliness. Perhaps even now, we are going through it. What does loneliness mean? How can we deal with it? And what does God have to say about it? Now, I was curious to see what would happen if I were to ask those questions to people just like you and me. And that is why we are here in Saratoga. Let's find out what they have to say. What does loneliness mean to you? Um, loneliness means just being without love and compassion and um, friendship, family, being in the dark. Mm, isolation. So, um probably a good word for it you know um desperation isolation probably being without friends and family that's what it means to me you know not having friends and family around you uh not having anybody with you i think spending your life with by yourself loneliness is a time of isolation when family and friends turn their backs on you in your time of need um, I think I would say that loneliness is probably um, being by yourself without anyone else around you, um, being completely isolated in a space on your own. Loneliness is um, lacking the presence of others in your life, and I think that that's separate from being alone. Um, I know that you're with a church. I'm a Christian, and I can be totally um, absent from other people but uh, still feel like I have the company of God's love um, and so, you know, being physically alone is not necessarily loneliness. Um, not having anyone to, like, talk to and, like, be there and support you. Yeah, same. Like, you are, aren't happy with your company and that you don't find that you have enough of it. What is up with that Pastor Will and his accent? I could barely understand what he was saying. I think somebody should tell him to tone it down a bit, right? But we had a great time in Saratoga. We spent a whole morning walking down Main Street and Congress Park and asking questions about loneliness to people. And they, the people in Saratoga were so gracious and so friendly and helpful. And they were able to give us their answers right away. And I believe that happened because we all know about loneliness. We have all experienced it, maybe, at one stage in our lives. Maybe even now, as we begin to talk about loneliness, some of us are having flashbacks of a time in our lives where life was tough and we experienced deep loneliness. Maybe some of us are going through that even now. So we ask our friends in Saratoga, what is loneliness? And as you can see, they gave us excellent answers, right? They told us that it has to do with being isolated, being in the dark, being without people. So let's define loneliness as this. Loneliness is a feeling of separation, of isolation, of distance from other people. Loneliness implies a degree of emotional pain. 
a feeling of emptiness and a longing and yearning to feel understood and accepted by someone. Now, one of the young ladies in the video from Saratoga gave us a great line. She said, being alone is not the same as loneliness. And it is, that is so, so true. Because even though the feelings of loneliness can be intensified when we are alone, being alone is not the same as loneliness. Sometimes we need a time of uh, separation, right? A break from other people. Sometimes we, we need that moment of solitude uh, to re-energize. Sometimes we thrive when we do that. Even our Lord Jesus Christ sometimes will distance himself from the crowd and from his disciples and even from his closest disciples to have a time alone of prayer and meditation, a time of solitude. Sometimes we need that. And that's why we go alone fishing. Sometimes we find a place where we can just enjoy and read a book or go on a hike or take two or three days vacation by ourselves, a time of contemplating our own lives. So being alone is not the same as loneliness. Some of the loneliest people you will ever meet are people who have lots of friends. Maybe they have large families. Maybe they're married even, or work in large companies. Or perhaps they enjoy a measure of fame and popularity. On the other hand, some of the unhappiest people you can ever meet are, or sorry, some of the happiest people you can ever meet are people who live by themselves or work alone. People that may not have multitudes of friends. So while solitude it is, is a state of being alone, it is not the same as loneliness. You can be alone without being lonely, and you can be lonely without being alone. Loneliness is all around us. We spent a beautiful morning in Saratoga asking these questions to people. And as I was walking down Main Street and, Main Street and Congress Park, I was looking at people. I was asking myself, who should I approach? Who should I ask questions about loneliness? Who looks lonely? I saw a lot of faces. I saw a lot of people. And I was wondering, what is their life stories? Who is lonely? Because it is very easy to hide loneliness from someone else. The very famous scientist, Albert Einstein, once said, it is strange to be known so universally and yet be so lonely. So there's no age, there's no life season or marital status that is safe from loneliness. Loneliness can strike any of us, from a small child to a senior citizen. Loneliness is all around us. The inmate alone in a prison cell. The uniformed soldier 
stationed overseas. A divorced man in a new unfurnished apartment staring at the pictures of his children. A woman who just buried her life companion. A couple whose arms ache for the child that has, was just taken. The single career person making a meal for one and going to bed early. The executive who lives in the best of circumstances, enjoying great success and wealth, celebrated by people, and yet not knowing the meaning of intimate relationships. The stroke victim in a nursing home, the missionary on a foreign field, the married person whose mate does not love them anymore, the single woman with hundreds of Facebook friends, yet spending another Friday night watching a movie all by herself, the teenager in the middle of the school cafeteria, feeling no warmth, feeling no kind smile coming his way. Loneliness is all around us. Loneliness is a phone that doesn't ring, an empty mailbox, a forgotten birthday, a one-night stand, a fresh grave, or no hellos when you open the door. None of us enjoy being lonely and feeling that feeling of emptiness, and yet we've gone through it, or we're going through it. It happens. So what causes this loneliness? Well, I believe that the main cause of loneliness is separation from God. God created us with two basic needs. The first need is the need to have a fellowship and a relationship with Him. And the other one is to have companionship with other people. But sin separates us from God, and it contaminates and com complicates and corrupts that. We hide from God, we, we hide from one another, and even in marriage, we try really hard at being transparent. A healthy marriage, a growing marriage, and this is true of any relationship, is one in which we are continually working on openness and honesty and tearing down the walls that separate us. But because of, this, of sin, because of the sense of shame, we hide from one another. We don't want to really come close to people. We don't want to people, for people to really know us. We are afraid of that they might see something they don't like. We have difficulty being honest and being vulnerable. But in order to build meaningful relationships, it is important to be transparent. With the entrance of sin into the world, this perfect relationship with God and others was lost. What else causes loneliness? Well, we can be lonely also by our own choices. 
Perhaps we had bad experiences in the, in the past. Maybe somebody hurt us or betrayed us. Maybe we hurt or betrayed someone that we called a friend, intentionally or unintentionally. And we don't want to go through that experience again. So we are very hesitant and cautious and adamant to start a new friendship. Maybe we have pastimes that consume so much of our time that we don't have any time left to spend cultivating friendships and engaging with other people. Maybe all that we do with our time besides work or study is playing video games or being in our computers all day or reading books all day, or being in activities that really isolate us from other people. Another cause of loneliness could be life circumstances. Life circumstances, these are outside of our control. And usually put us in a place where we are vulnerable and susceptible to feelings of loneliness. And, but God can sometimes allow this moment to draw us closer to him. In the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah had just done an incredible miracle for God. But as consequence of that miracle, he was persecuted by the king and queen of Israel. And he had to run for his life and he was all by himself. Nobody really followed him. He was in such despair and he was having such feelings of emptiness and loneliness that he was even asking, God, where are you? He ended up in a cave. And in that cave, all alone, God was able to show himself to Elijah and give him comfort and strength. God can use the loss as well of someone close to us to draw us nearer to him. Some people in this church even moved to this area because of work and came here not knowing anybody, having no friends or family. And in their loneliness, they wanted to meet people and they came to this church and met Christ and made great, meaningful relationships. So even though life circumstances can put us in a place where we are vulnerable and could even invite loneliness in our hearts, God can use that to draw us closer to him. So what can we do when we are lonely? So we asked this question to our friends in Saratoga. So let's see what our friends in Saratoga answered. Call my mom, <laughs> pray, um, turn to my Bible. That's definitely the first thing I do. Um, we are Navy, so we're really far away from family. So it's easy to get lonely, um, but it's nice to remember that it's easy to forget that there's always somebody with me, but it's um, when I get in that dark place and feel really alone, um, it's easy to remember that I have my daughter and my husband with me, and um, God's always with me, so... The Bible's where I turn first, yeah, usually. What do you do when you feel lonely? Me personally, I like to, uh, I, I tend to gravitate towards people, you know, and they tend to gravitate towards me, so 
Uh, I never kind of leave myself out there to where I'm lonely enough, you know. So um, I look for an outlet, you know. I do something uh, exciting, something sports. Even getting out in the uh, in the outside is good good enough for me, you know. So. I try and connect with uh, anybody that's right around, get out into the community and just try and be around people or go out and do something so that I'm not in my house by myself. <laughs> and probably call call or text a friend, yeah, to try and just engage with them. Probably think about ways to uh, interact with other people, get together with friends, family, those kind of things. Well, I suppose you can either become embittered by the experience or you can reflect upon the experience and learn from it. As much as I say my mom is very annoying, I call my mom. Um, she's definitely my best friend, and I know that she'll answer whenever I need her. So if I'm in, stuck in a place where I feel completely alone, I'll call her, and she'll listen to everything I have to say. I like to read. Um, I also like to, you know, call friends who may not be physically in the area. Um, I do go through scripture. I do try to go to church sometimes. Um, you know, you try to you try to associate yourself with with other other figures in your life who make you feel happy. Um, talk to my friends and family. Do something that like makes me happy, I guess, even if it's not around someone. Again, great answers, right? What do you do when you are lonely? And from them, we heard that some of them like to keep their minds occupied so that they don't have to think about their loneliness. Some do sports, outdoor activities, reading a book. Others try to connect with people in their lives who they know will listen to them. People that maybe they haven't kept close connections with. Like that girl who said, even though my mom is annoying sometimes, when I'm lonely, I will call her because she, I know she loves me and she will listen to me. So what can we do when we're lonely? Well, let's first understand God's answer to loneliness. Each of us was made by God. And God created in us a, a hole, a, a void that he can only fill. No other relationship, no other person not a lover, the person of your life, not even your own child can fill that hole in your heart. That hole in your heart can only be filled with the presence of God, with His Spirit, with His life in you. But sin destroys that perfect fellowship and relationship with God. But when Jesus died on the cross, He reconciled all of us unto the Father. So when we give our lives to Christ and when we decide to follow him and accept his forgiveness, he cleanses us from all shame and guilt and sin. And we are made whole. And he fills that emptiness that he can only fill in our hearts. God becomes our heavenly father. And he loves us just the way we are. He loves us with unconditional love. So what can we do when we're lonely? Well, the freedom of loneliness begins with salvation. What else can we do when we're lonely? Well, we can cultivate relationships, 
First John 1.7 says, If I walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Not only do you have a father in God when you come to Christ, but you also become part of a family. You have brothers and sisters in the faith. Now, what I'm about to say now may be a little blunt, but for a believer, loneliness is a choice. Now, I'm not talking about circumstances in life where we can be alone or we can fall prey to some feelings of loneliness. I'm talking about a lifestyle of loneliness, dwelling deep in the feelings of emptiness. Because God has given us everything that we need as believers. He has given us His Son. He has given us His Word, His presence, His Spirit. And He has given us brothers and sisters in the faith. In the Christian life, not everything is about receiving, but it's about giving. And sometimes when we want to start a friendship... We jeopardize it because we think, I wonder what I can get out of this friendship. But when you look to serve and help and minister to other people, I guarantee you, you will never, never lack for friends. Are we prepared to live this life of intentional sacrifice for others? All friendships involve time, and they involve risks. You have to invest in friendships. And you may be betrayed. You may be hurt. But without risks, we are never going to enjoy the rewards of true friendships. If you are lonely, are you seeking those you can help and befriend? Are you part of a small group? Do you talk to people in the cafe or in the lobby? Are you volunteering in a place where you can use your gifts to serve God and help others? Do you know your neighbors? Are you taking that step to know people and cultivate friendships? And I understand that as you begin to develop a friendship, that intimacy can be a little scary because we start to open ourselves up and making ourselves vulnerable, and we risk being hurt. But without that risk, again, we will never enjoy the rewards of God-given relationships and friendships that can last a lifetime and can bring glory to God. What else can we do when we feel lonely? Well, we can keep growing in Christ. If you are alone you can take that opportunity to draw closer to God. Now, Jesus knows what it means to be alone, right? In the moment of his greatest need, all Jesus' friends betrayed him, fled, and turned their back on him. He died on the cross all alone. He knows all about being lonely and being alone. He understands. And he says, come to me, 
you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You are not alone. Joshua 1.5 says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.9 says, have I, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hebrews 13.5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God tells us in Romans 8.31 that what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And Romans 8, 37, 39 tells us, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are not alone. Once there was a young man who grew up in a happy, loving family. Had a great childhood, probably just like you and me, enjoying playing with friends, enjoying still going to school. And as he grew up in his into his teenage years, things began to change, right? This probably has happened to all of us. We try to um, fit in and learn our identity and making friends. And he went through that process. And he began to feel that feeling of emptiness inside of him. But then he found Christ. Somebody shared Jesus to this young man when he was a teenager. And his life changed. And this is probably a testimony that we can all share. He got to enjoy a new life, being a new creation in Christ Jesus. And he started to be involved in church, sharing his faith with people around him, and living for God. But then he moved to a new place. For college. Many of us probably went through that. He had no friends, he didn't know anyone, but he quickly made friends and he was fine. But after a few years, he began to turn his back away from God. He began to put his eyes not on Christ, but on the things of this world. And he began to build walls 
of separation and isolation with the friends that he knew. He didn't want them to see what he was becoming. As time went on, and he started to remove himself from church and from his godly friendships and, and from the things of God, this sense of loneliness became more and more evident in his life. He began to try things that he had never tried before in, in an attempt to silence the voice of God calling him to come closer to him. And he began to live a life that was self-destructive. He had one prayer left in him. And it's a prayer that he would pray at nights in the darkness of his room. And he will say, God, if you still love me, if there's a still a drop of love towards me, this young man said, don't let me wake up in the morning. Don't let me open my eyes the following day. Take me tonight. That young man was me. I, live in, I, I was living in such a state of loneliness, of emptiness, isolated and separated from those who loved me, trying to silence God's knocking at the door of my heart saying, come back. I made poor decisions, poor choices, and I walked away from him, and I felt so lonely. During that time, an uncle, the one who has shared Christ with me when I was a teenager and who was a missionary in Guatemala, invited me to come and visit for a couple of weeks. Now, I knew what that meant. I knew that that was going to be a, somehow a confrontation with God. And I didn't want that. Even though as, as empty, as, as, as lonely as I felt, I didn't want to come back to God. But somehow, I decided to go. And I went to Guatemala. And I spent a few weeks with them, with my uncle, my aunt, my cousins. Now, during that time, there was a big prayer conference, international conference going on in the city of Guatemala. Thousands of people had come from all over the world to listen to great speakers about prayer. And they kept inviting me to come. And I kept saying no. Finally, my cousins said, listen, we're going to be uh, acting in a little skit about Esther uh, uh, on the closing night. Would you come and just watch us perform? And I said, sure, I'll go. So we went to this conference auditorium. It was a packed house. It was about 5,000 people. And we sat in the balcony. And as people were speaking and the speakers were saying their speeches and their messages, I was just standing there 
trying to distance myself from everything that was going on. But in my heart, I was telling God, God, I'm hiding behind this multitude of people. I wonder if you can hear the cry of my heart. Then the worship began, and I didn't want to have anything to do with that. So I stood at the back of the balcony against the wall. And then this man, this worship leader, started playing his saxophone. And there was a moment of intense time of worship. And as he began to play his saxophone, he left the stage and started walking down the aisle. Now, I didn't see any of this because I was standing against a wall in the balcony. But he walked down the aisle to the back of the auditorium, up the stairs, into the section of the balcony where I was standing. And I was like this against the wall. And I could see him with all the camera people and sound people following him. And he kept walking towards me. And as he turned towards me, I knew it. <laughs> Deep in my heart, I knew it. I couldn't escape God's love. So he walked all the way to where I was standing. He put the saxophone right in front of me. And he started playing for about 15 to 20 minutes. And during that time, all the coldness in my heart began to melt. I could almost physically feel these layers of isolation and loneliness and giving my back to God disappearing one by one. I began to weep, and I, I don't cry, <laughs> but I began to weep. And when this man was done playing the saxophone, he told me, God has heard your cry. You have a purpose in this life, but you're walking away from God. Repent. He loves you. And nothing can separate you from his love. Now, I know that story is unique. That night I repented. I gave my life to God again and I went back into the mission field. And even though the story is unique, I, I think it had to happen because I was such a fool that I couldn't understand how much God loves you. But I'm here tonight to tell each one of you, just like I heard that night, that God loves you, that we are not alone. Matthew 28, 20 says, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I don't know your lives, but we all deal with loneliness. And tonight God is saying, if that's you, here I am with you. Let us pray. Lord, we are so grateful for restoring us into a perfect relationship with God and for filling the emptiness in our hearts with your spirit and your life. 
I thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us alone. You are with us always, no matter where we go, where we are, today, tomorrow, and forever, you're with us. And I pray, Lord, that as we heard today's message, as we heard your word, that your spirit is working in us and help us to take that step that we need to take to be with you and enjoy being part of the family of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.